wonderful Savior we have, is it not? He is a wonderful Savior. And I trust that you have been reading your Bible. Have you? If I were to ask you, I'm not going to ask you this morning, if I were to ask you, have you read your Bible every day this week? Hmm. It should not be a. It should be a no-brainer. You should be like, absolutely yes, I have, Pastor. Several times, some days that should be that should be the normal part of your life. I'm not trying to to make you feel guilty, or perhaps I am. Uh, but we should be in His Word. It will change your life. It really will. In a, in a time of ours, we need people who understand them. I love nothing better. Listen to. Uh, two great podcasts yesterday on the extent of the uh, Christ's provision for us at Calvary and the application, the difference, and how much there's confusion and different thoughts about that, how that Christ died for the world, and how the, it was unlimited atonement, I believe it was. And, instead of, and, and so I, tell you, I like nothing better. I found out this new doctor that teaches down in Texas has such clear teaching, and wow, I wish I could teach like that because he just, he just makes it so clear plain and understandable and he has a wealth of knowledge on that topic and so uh anyway i encourage you to read your bible and, and be faithful in doing that let's look at the, our text for today 31 of john 10 if you're tuning on online we are in john chapter 10 and we're starting about verse 31 and the jews took up stones again to stone him and jesus answered them many good works have i showed you from my father for which of those works do you stone me and the Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, because thou, being a man, makest thyself God. Amen. And Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, ye are gods? If ye called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I said, I am the Son of God? If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though you believe not me, believe the works that you may know and believe. Might bring them to an understanding of God, basically, that the Father is in me and I in them. Therefore they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hand, and he went away again beyond Jordan to the place where John at first baptized, and there he abode, and Many resorted to him there and said, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true. And many believed on him there. May the Lord's blessing to the reading of his word. How sad that this is the end. It goes away for two or three, four months before Calvary. They could have had the Son of God teaching them every single day if they had not rejected him for two or three months. And if they said no, let us pray. Lord, I am nothing and you are everything. Forgive me of sin. Please empty me of self and fill me with your spirit. May I say nothing amiss today. May your word be preeminent. Thank you for this wonderful text. Thank you that you so abundantly declare who you are, who you always have been, and who you always will be. If there be one that has yet to receive his personal Savior, may today, this very day, be the day of salvation for them. And I ask all these things in Jesus' name. I pray, amen. Jotting down notes, the first PV is the purpose is voiced. And we see back, and the people in 31, just we're going back for one verse from last time, the Jews took up stones again to stone him. There is a major premise is that a blasphemer must be stoned. That's an okay premise, especially in the Old Testament theocracy. Theocracy simply means God is ruling over Israel or a rule by a person, spiritual authority. There are actually other theocracies in our world today, but not ones ordered over by God himself. There's Muslim theocracies, etc. 
So the major premise, blasphemer must be stoned. The minor premise is that Jesus is a blasphemer. So the conclusion, he must be stoned. Well, the minor premise was wrong. He is not a blasphemer. Now, had he been simply a man, yes, he would have been blasphemous. But he was God himself. So, and by the way, that Old Testament uh, major premise would only been good when they were in vogue and they were in charge. Under the New Testament, the Rome was ruling, so they had no authority to stone Jesus, period, at this, in this era. The Jehovah's Witness have taken this verse and said that Jesus was trying to say that he and the Father in 1030 were simply one in purpose. It says, I and my Father are one. They say, well, he's simply saying that he and the Father are one in purpose. You cannot see that from what the Jews did, though. The Jews knew exactly what he was saying, that he was equal with God. If he's just claiming to be one in purpose, he could have said, oh, no, I'm not saying that I'm God. But he never said that. And you remember what did the blind man do when he found out that Jesus had healed him? He fell at his feet and worshipped him. And what did Jesus do? He received the worship. Only God, true God, is worthy of worship. In contrast to those who deny that Christ ever actually claimed to be God, his enemies knew exactly what he was saying. And yet it is the, uh, the wise, learned men of our ear, or the ignorant, or the simply the blasphemous. Oh, he, he never claimed to be God. He did. How many times in the last years, as we've gone through the Gospels, in Luke, and now John, and, and Mark, how many times, oh, right there it is. Plain as a nose in your face, if you'll see it. But they are willingly ignorant, or the goddesses of this world has blinded the eyes of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. Satan's very clever. Don't you think that Satan has been working overtime? Do you not think that Satan has read the Bible and knows about the tribulation time coming and when his creature, the Antichrist, is going to rule for three and a half years and that's going to be the heyday before Satan, before he's thrown into the bottomless pit for a thousand years? Don't you think he's like working overtime now? I think he, he's always been working overtime. What is that? Far from being a mere man who was arrogantly promoting himself, Jesus was, in fact, Almighty God who selflessly humbled himself to become a man. Isn't it interesting, Charles Darwin, that he became a man, not an animal or a raised animal. Jesus became a man. Mankind is far above the animal world. We are not like the most elegant and smart animals ever. No, we're mankind. We have the imago dei. The image of God in us, in you. You have eternal life. Praise the Lord. You have eternal life where you sit right now. Now, I trust this life with Christ and God in heaven. You're going to spend somewhere eternally. If you've never truly received Christ, do it right now where you're sitting in the pew. And then come forward at invitation time and say, Pastor, I, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I received him as my very own personal Savior. I confessed my sin. Ask him to save me. And I want people to know about it. The most important thing you'll ever, ever, ever do. And if you don't do that, I offer you no hope. I was thinking about this past last Saturday night. Uh, not this, a week ago Saturday, they, they killed the second lead, or the, no, actually the number one, Al-Qaeda, number one man was killed. And he got, oh, he's pretty old, he was in his 70s, he was out in his balcony, we got in his balconies, and our, our, we've been watching him all along, and finally they, they zoomed him with the, you know, the drone flew over him. I wonder what he's thinking now. 
whatever his name was, Al-Ghazari something. I'm thinking right now, I made some bad choices. But there's going to be some in hell that will never, ever repent, and they will forever. Oh, pastor, I believe in universalism that everyone will eventually spend some time in hell, but eventually in heaven. No, that is wrong. That's mankind's mechanization and evil thinking. There's some people who never would want to be with God, ever. Now, they will all bow. They will bow in anger and in pride, but they will bow before the cast. And he will and is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. By the way, I'm still on page one of my notes after all that. I've only got that far. Here we are. I was some extra in there. It's a shorter sermon, so don't get worried. We don't have anything in the crock pot, though, so I can go as long as I want. The people and the proposal, by the way, I am very fastidious about keeping your time. I really, really try to keep you within the time frame of, of, of two or three after 12 every Sunday, so... The proposal in 32, Jesus answered them, many good works have I showed you from my father, for which of those works do ye stone me? Showed means to numerous good works. He showed means to give evidence or proof of the validity or truthfulness of anything. The good works proved his claim. And it's the phrase from my father not only means that he had met with the father's approval, but had been done by the authority and power of the father. So which one is it? Giving sight to a blind man who was born blind? Is it raising the, uh, the healing the guy by the pool who had been sick for 38 years? Is it the cleansing of the leprosy or is it raising the dead or casting out evil spirits or the dumb to speak or the deaf to hear? Or the lame to walk. Which of those are you you after me about? When he's and I didn't say those things, but when they felt back, you know what? Wow, tick, 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 tick. We should be on our knees worshiping this because he has proved himself to be God. Let's aside with this. What more do we need? I'm telling you today in, in, in America, what more do we need than the clear word of God? That's what we need. It's not a people. It's not a party. It's not a politic, political, whatever. It's Jesus. It needs the church to be the church and people to repent of S-I-N. You want to know what's wrong with America? It's called sin. Starts in the pulpit, starts with the preachers, and then goes from there on out. We just have been too lackadaisical in our walk with God. I'm reading, uh, just started. It's a pretty good size book. Uh, it is called J.C. Ryle's Holiness called holiness and uh he died about 1900 i think it was uh but he was very revered you should read some of his writings talk about a man who's spot on even those over 100 years past there was the purpose the purpose is voice there's a people the proposal the prejudice and the jews answered him saying for 33 for a good work we stone thee irrefutable the good works were irrefutable we don't stone you for that but for blasphemy because thou being a man makest thyself god he had been proof of his power as over and over. They come back with this angry accusation, not simply blasphemy, but a man making derogatory statements about God. But you have made yourself be, to be God, prerogative to God alone. And well, he had. And so he had. And rightfully so. The Jews realized that Jesus could not be con uh, convicted of, for doing good things. So they adjusted their scheme to focus on his motive Blasphemy. The word means impious or reproachable speech, injurious of the divine majesty. Make us means to declare any one thing. Or Jesus had showed them more than evidence, proof that he was God. They simply have dismissed, denied, distorted. It's the early part of mis disinformation. That's what happens there about a long time ago. 
the purpose is voiced. Secondly, in 34, the principle is valid. Jesus answered him, Is it not written in your law, I have said ye are gods? If ye called them gods unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. We'll stop for just for a moment there. Now, this, you have to put your thinking cap on. This is one of the hardest things to understand uh, by far in the sermon today. But I have struggled with this. I think, uh, I really hope this helped you as it helped us help me. Now, he goes back and talks about these judges back if you want to get your finger ready in and, and Psalm 82. He goes back and uh, the gods, they're very, a very limited sense. The judges in Old Testament era were called in Psalm 82, verse 6 and 7, gods. Now, I have to tell you that the Jehovah's Witnesses have made too little of Jesus and said Jesus is a god. The Mormons have gone too much and made too much of men saying that we will become gods and we will have our own planets and be able to populate our own planets. That's Mormonism. Isn't it interesting how all these uh, cults started mostly by men have such a ending result for those things? That's not what he's saying. He's really coming down to the level of the Pharisees here, an argument that's dear to the Pharisaic mind. He pointed them back to the scriptures. And by the way, we should note that Christ always revered the scriptures. Those who denigrate and say, well, some scriptures inspired, some is not, need to see what Jesus said. Have ye not read that from the beginning, Christ always revered the word of God? How can we do less as humankind? By the way, if you ever go to a church where someone starts saying the Bible's not true, you need to get up and leave and go to another. That's, that's, that's a very simple solution. I'm telling you, the Bible's true from the beginning to the end. It's all. If you can't just pick and choose. Pick and choose. Now, I went out to my, what was a garden at one time, yesterday, and I picked and chose, and most of my tomatoes, I just picked them and threw them on the ground and squished them. Because they had already rotted on them, and they were, they're nothing big, like the little small yellow ones, and and thank you, Mr. Mr. it's not Mr. Skagg's fault, his tomatoes, it's, it's my fault. So I, I've learned so many things I do not know, but I learned a lot this year, so hopefully next year I'll do better. And, and then the peppers, I pick them off, and, and, and those and you pick and choose, well, that's not worth it. Most are like pitch and go, you know, pitch and go here like that. Pick and choose, you can't do that with the word of God. It is all or none. In the beginning, God created. If you can get past that and believe that, the rest is easy. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. What more do you need? He's got it all in his hands. So he goes back to this idea. Now, if you find out, it says, Is it not written in your law, 34, a comprehensive term for the Hebrew law? In fact, the Lord referred them back. I hope you're back by now over to Psalm 82, verse 6. We're going to read it just in a second. Psalm 82, verse 6. He goes back here. And the civil administrators in this Old Testament era were called, are called in this verse, I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High, but ye shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Are ye, or I have said there, ye are gods. The psalmist says it's evident that these men were unrighteous, yet they are called gods. They are judges or magistrates. The word there is Elohim, the dignity of the office. God gives them authority on earth in place of God, and so they are called gods. The same word is said of Moses. See, I have made thee a god, Elohim, to Pharaoh. Also in Exodus 21 and 22, the same word there uh, speaks of judges. It's clear the Holy Spirit has so clothed the dignity of the office of judge. I said, ye are gods. He is not saying they're going to become like God. Never, ever, by the way, will a human being ever become like God, ever, that's not saying that, nor are we going to become this. We are limited. He is unlimited. So 
we find that they represented God in this capacity and he calls them, even though they were unjust, calls them, have you not read your gods? So that's the print example. But now the excuse in 36, say you him whom the father has sanctified and sent unto the world, thou blasphemous, because I said I am the son of God. So here's the point. If it was not blasphemy to give the title Elohim God to some un, even unjust judge in the Old Testament era, the word of God which cannot be violated, even in the Jewish thinking, it's set in granite, set in stone. It's, it's the royal law, if you would. If they call them, good or bad, judges, why can't I, who am the son of God, be called thus? Why can't I? That's the... I'm the son of God. Between the unworthy ancient Elohim of 82, seven, 6 and 7, is the infinite holy God. What a vast difference it is. Scripture cannot be broken. Interesting, people have tried. It was Diocletian who tried to harness the might of the Roman Empire to put out uh, the uh, word of God. Actually, there's monuments in Spain that says that Christianity has been eradicated thanks to Diocletian. It was, it was Voltaire who held up a copy of the Word of God and boasted that he would put the Bible in the morgue not long after he was in the morgue and the Bibles were in his house by the Geneva Bible Society being passed out. The communists have done their best to re-educate generations of people and have poured scorn upon the scriptures, but it cannot be, cannot be destroyed. For centuries, the Roman church kept the Bible out of the hands of the laity, uh, out of the, pe of the common people in the pew. Modern liberals have filled the minds of millions that God is not what he says in the scriptures cannot be trusted, etc. The scriptures cannot be broken. I see a lot of hammers on the floor. The anvil stands. The Bible stands. Like a rock on not a great song for Sunday school this morning. The Bible stands. The anvil is standing. The hammers are broken and gone. The example, the excuse, and how about the exercising? 37, if I do not the works of my father, believe me not. But if I do, then ye believe me not, but believe the works that ye may know and believe the father is in me and I in him. If ye believe not the preacher, look to the Bible. Well, what does the, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you don't believe, go to this by far. Put the, turn the preacher off. No, I'm not saying right now, turn the turn hearing off. Turn your radio off. Not all. Oh, turn your radio off and get into God's Word. You need to do that. Coming to church is wonderful. I'm so glad you're here today. You're going to grow the most at home as you read the Bible. And read. And still, what does that mean? Get you a good study Bible. I recommend the Henry Moore Study Bible. I've used it for two or three decades now. Great notes. But there are other good study Bibles. But just get into the Bible. Read. Grow. He loved these men. Can you imagine? He, these are the same men probably going to be standing around in two or three months yelling, crucify him, crucify him. If you don't believe me, then believe my works. And as you see, as you see me demonstrated, then the Holy Spirit can take that and bring them to the point of salvation. If you don't believe what I'm saying, look what I have done. The purpose is voiced. The principle is valid. And thirdly, the plan is vetoed by the Jews the plan is to be told, seeking 39, therefore they sought to take him. Again, they want to take up stones or whatever they want to take him and perhaps this time drag him over to the Sanhedrin and get a guilty verdict and get him killed as soon as possible. Had they, but see, the Jews could not understand and believe the words of God because they were not his sheep. They were not redeemed. And then there's the slipping. 
and he escaped, but he escaped out of their hand. Just a few months later on, he's going to allow himself to be taken and crucified. But here he escapes once again. The time was not yet. From the foundation of the world, the time of Christ's sacrifice, so beautifully portrayed as we've seen in Exodus, is going to come all the way down to when he's, he's all gets ready to go on the cross, the sacrifice. The timing is immaculate. It's perfect. God pictured it in the Old Testament, fulfills it in the New, that he is the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. The plan is vetoed. We see the seeking and the slipping. And finally, the final PV is his person is virtuous. And we see in N40, abiding. And he went away again beyond Jordan into the place where John at first baptized, and there he abode. This is approximately December before the crucifixion. So he reigns away until approximately April, visiting perhaps in Bethany some part of the time, perhaps at some time in Ephraim. The next time he comes to Jerusalem, it's going to be the triumphant entry. It's going to be that point, that period in time. What a shame that the, the, the Lamb of God, the Jesus, who's holding all things by the word of his power, is in your country. He's in your neighborhood, and you don't want to hear him. So he has to go into hiding, if you would, or, or the desert place, and be with those who want to listen when you could have had God speaking to you. You could have had God speaking to you this week. Did you avail yourself to it? Have you, have you read? Abiding. And uh, 41, attesting. And many resorted to him and said, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true. Resorted means to come to follow. This is a willing choice. People who saw after Christ, who wanted to hear his teaching, there can be little doubt the memory of John the Baptist is still there. John was revered, even though he was now in heaven, revered, or paradise, revered by all of those who believed. He did no miracle. But that's part of the greatness of John. It wasn't like people were coming to John because he dressed real nice or he sang really well or played the piano like nobody's business. He preached repentance. He was a fireball preacher. And the word of God delivered by the man of God and the power of the spirit of God wrought a work of God in many. And they remember that. There were miracles to get... Israel, it was a miracle, but miracles are for transitional periods many times. Think with me, just a few, about four, the miracles in Egypt, and then it's were stopped. The miracles of Elijah and Elisha against the apostasy of, of the Israel and Judah, and then they stopped. The brief miracles during Daniel's era, and then they stopped as, as they went on uh, to uh, that after that Christ's miracles and after that we have the scriptures coming on so they stop so all the uh, a brief period of, of miracles at the after the rapture and then Christ is going to come back it's interesting that John did no miracle but he doesn't have to do miracles the word of God is what stands for all those miracle ministries you don't need that today by the way and they're, they're now can God do a miracle yes can he heal miraculously miraculously yes but this showboat thing it's not from God. It's not from God. Did no miracle. People simply took John at his word. It's worth noting, by the way, after these brief periods of miracles, I thought was quite interesting as I was reading, they were replaced by God's written word. After the, the Exodus miracle, we have 
the word of God. We have the law was given. We have the early histories. We have the Psalms. We have the Proverbs. After the time of Elijah and Elisha, we have the writing prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and the colleagues. After the miracles in Babylon, we have the post-exilic prophets, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. We have those after Christ is on the scene. After he leaves, we have the written word of God. And after the tribulation time, we have God himself. So after these miracle periods, miraculous things happening, the word of God is what stands afterwards. John did no miracles, but after all these things that John's sake of this man were true, after he said of these, all John said about Jesus Spot on, we would say today. And finally, not only abiding, attesting, there's attaining, and many believed on him there. The there is emphatic. It's a contrast with the unbelief of those who had met earlier on. He had encountered in Jerusalem those who were there believed. That's what they had believed on the Christ. True faith takes God at his word. It does not need miracles to bolster it. This is the power of God today. He has chosen, I believe, to let that we understand. The early church had miracles. We had the, we had the gift of tongues, etc. Those things, I believe, have been laid aside. I'm a cessationalist. I believe those have ceased for this era. We don't need them anymore because we have this. Do you understand how privileged you are to have the entire word of God in your hands at this very moment? And multi, I, I got out a Bible I hardly even read this morning because I put this in my satchel already. And I was reading, how many copies do you have at home that we can just grab onto and read? I don't know how many I have and how many you have. But I tell you, it's a lot more than they had for many, many hundreds of years. And yet we just, I know that, I know that men, and rightly so, we get a bad rap on not reading directions. I'm telling you, Christians, we deserve a bad rap for not reading the directions when it's right in front of us. I'm trying out my new paint spray tomorrow. Lord willing, since we're going to have a Sunday morning, I think it is. And I have read the directions already. I'm not saying I'll do it right, but I like the easy cleanup part. I've latched on the easy cleanup part with warm water. So have we read the directions? He rested. He, he's going to go to the cross in just a few months. And so he spends these moments with those who are believing. By the way, I've told you before, after his resurrection, he only appears to those who believe in him, believed on him. He's only going to be with those who he can have fellowship with. He rests before his final confrontation. I thank God for his many marvelous, miraculous acts, but I thank God even more for Jesus' life, Jesus' the truth that he taught, his death, his resurrection, his ministry, even now at God's right hand. I thank him for those. So his public ministry closes with this last rejection by the religious leaders. He should have been hailed as the Messiah in this very passage, as should have done, as he gets for what works. They should have been on their knees. Oh, let's take him, let's take him now. We serve you, we rejoice, we believe in you, Jesus. Just the opposite happened. The next time probably we may hear from some of these is going to be crucify him. His blood be upon us and our children. By the way, we may not have been in physical stance at the crucifixion, but we were there. It was us with him. So I found this uh, to believe or not to believe is the title of the message this morning. And I found this really uh, good. This is from gotquestions.org. And listen to this. The most important reason that Jesus must be God is that if he is not God, 
His death would not have been sufficient to pay the penalty for the sins of the world. In 1 John 2, 2, he is the propitiation for the sin. A created being, which Jesus would be if he were not God, could not pay the infinite penalty required for sin against an infinite God. Only God could pay such an infinite penalty. Only God could take on the sins of the world, for it made him to be sins for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, and be resurrected, proving his victory over sin and death. So is Jesus God? Yes. Jesus declared himself to be. His enemies understood what he was saying, that he was God. His followers believed him to be God. The provision of salvation only works if Jesus is God. So there it is. Do you have to believe that Jesus is God to be saved? Yes. It's, it's that if you don't believe that he is God, you have no salvation. So I ask you this morning, to believe or not to believe, and that is the question. It's the question of the ages. Do you truly believe that he's God? And then have you asked him to be your savior? If you have not, I'm telling you, you need to be down front or in your pew right now when we pray and receive him. Whom to know right is life eternal. He can give us peace that comes only from knowing the Prince of Peace. Let us pray. The Lord, I thank you for this marvelous text. And Lord, we just scratch the surface, if you would, on such powerful text as we journey through the Gospel of John. As John looks back a few decades after, maybe four or five decades after Christ's life, and this is what I see we need to understand. Jesus is God. Without question, already... False teachings, Lord, we're incorporate even in the church, we're struggling with false teachings, Lord. And John wants to set it straight. So, Lord, it is straight for us. We have the advantage of having the word of God in our very hands. After 2,000 years, we have the entire word to mankind. Lord, we are grateful. But, Lord, it's just a sounding brass and tinkling symbol, if you would, if we don't respond to it. And, Lord, it's more than just a mental assent. There's going to be a lot to say, well, I believe there's a God somewhere. It's more than that. It's an understanding that we are sinners in need of salvation. Lord, I pray this morning as those listening online, those who listen to it later, those in the congregation this morning, if there be any that have never truly surrendered themselves by confession of their sin, (coughs) repenting of that sin, and asking you to come into their life and and to forgive them and be their Savior. Maybe you don't want to use that terminology, come into my heart and life, but you're asking Jesus to save you. If you've never done that, would you do that even now? Even his enemies knew exactly who he said he was. He was saying that he was, that he was the Christ, and he was. So, Lord, work in our hearts and lives. If there's uh, uh, things we've done that we need to get confessed, may we answer to those and may we respond to confess. So, Lord, work, work in invitation time and ask these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.